I had been sober from 1982. And actually the way I, the way I thought of it was that um, God just didn't have any time for compulsive overeaters. You know, he was just too busy with alcoholics. Oh, by the way, I wanted to um, welcome our newcomer. I think it's some, uh, Shannon and Emily. I, maybe the, I missed somebody else. Anyway, if anyone's new here, welcome to the group. Um, you know, if you're here tonight, um, perhaps you belong here. You know, if you came here and you think you might uh, find something that you can that you can hold on to here, maybe you can, because that's what happened for me. Anyway, uh, I was in 1989, I was working in, I were in County. And in 1989, I was working in San Francisco as a personal recruiter. And I had a very high level job. And um, I met with this woman and she came into my office and we had an, I was interviewing her to find her a job. And she was really dre dressed beautifully. She was like in a three piece suit, which were, you know, those were st stylish back then. And um, I never would have thought she had any problem with food. I mean, she was just a lovely young woman. You know, she had her eye makeup on and her hair and everything really beautifully done. Anyway, so we, we hit it off. We had a really nice conversation and I found a, you know, a couple of jobs that she could go for and everything. And then all of a sudden she started telling me about um, this meeting she was gonna go to at night. It was um, at California Street, which is this meeting that we're on now, this entry meeting. And she said, um, she didn't say anything about OA. She didn't say anything about compulsive overeating, anything like that. She just said she was gonna be going to this meeting and would I like to go with her? So I thought, you know what? I don't have anything else to do tonight. So I went, got back on the bus, went back to Marin, uh, had a little meal, but probably it wasn't that little, probably a big meal. But anyway, I got, um, got my car and drove to San Francisco to California Street. And um, that was my first meeting in OA. And um, I remember that the person who spoke, I remember who, exactly who they are and they're still in the program. They have probably maybe 40 years of, of continued abstinence now or more. And um, they started talking about their program and how they ate and how, um, I guess tell you the whole thing. I went to Asian restaurants. I, 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 you know, I ordered food for a family of four I ate as much as I could until the food was gonna come out of my nose. Then I put liquid, liquid soap on it because somebody told me to do that. And then I put it in the dumpster, not just in the garbage can in my unit, but the dumpster. And then the next morning I got it out of the dumpster. I got in the dumpster to get it out of the dumpster. I washed it off with soap, with water, and I continued eating the food. Now, for, for one thing, I could be dead because I could have died from having eaten that food. It was, you know, not refrigerated overnight, but it you know didn't stop me. So anyway, that's the kind of compulsive overeater I am, and maybe some of you understand that, what that's like. So anyway, um, so I will say that when I first came in, there was one food plan available, and it's called the gray sheet. And I do not mean to upset anyone, but that's the food plan that I've been on all these years, 32 years. And you can do whatever you want with your food. I'm just telling you, this is my story and I'm sticking with it. And I'm telling you about my food, pro, uh, food issue. So what, what uh, the gray sheet is all about, it's now called the low carb food plan. It is on dignity of choice. It is an approved food plan in OA. And I abstain from sugar, refined carbohydrate. So that's potatoes, beans, corn, um, of course, uh, any grains, breads, 
And you know something, if I started, if I got off this meeting tonight and I went down to the Safeway, which is right near my house, uh, and I bought, uh, I call it boxes and bags. I could buy boxes and bags of those items and I could annihilate my food, myself with food tonight, just, you know, in tonight. So I don't want to do that today. So I'm, I'm by the grace of God in this program, I'm not going to do that tonight, but I could do that again. So I don't have a crumb. If you understand what that means, I don't have a crumb, not a crumb. And my, my husband and I actually have our own butter in the refrigerator because he has a tendency to rub on the top of his uh, of the butter and then put it on his bread and then the bread gets on the butter. And I don't wanna have a crumb, so I don't. Somebody's smiling at me there because they know my husband. Anyway, um, so this is what happened. So do I, Don, how much time do I have, 20 minutes? How much time do I have left? Oh shoot! I thought I I forgot to ask for a timer. Um, all right, I'll time you. Let's say you have uh, fifteen more minutes. How about okay. that? Okay, that sounds all right. Fair. Perfect. So anyway, so um, the other thing I want to tell you about myself is that I am a total control freak. I want to be in control of the world. I think sometimes I think I might be God, but I'm. Not, I know I'm not God. And the understanding that I have about my higher power is that my higher power created this world. I mean, we have beautiful plants. My husband's an avid gardener and we have, uh, we have beautiful garden here in, in Marin County. And I know that my husband did not create those, that garden. God did, God gave us that beautiful garden that we have. So that's my understanding of God. And um, I'm gonna read a few things here. So I wanted to know about the timing. This is in the first step in our book in the OA, um, step book and this is on page six and this is um this is going to just tell tell you guys about who i am and this is um this starts like this many of us believe that our lives would be manageable if only others around us would do as we wanted we thought everything would be fine if only our bosses would recognize our worth if only our spouses would give us the attention we needed if only our children were well behaved if only our parents would leave us alone. Our lives became unmanageable when the car wouldn't start, the computer broke down, or our bank accounts wouldn't balance. We suffered from other people's unmanageable, unmanaged lives or from bad luck. What alternative did we have? We ate to save the fears, the anxieties, the angers, the disappointments. We ate to escape the pressures of our problems or the boredom of everyday life. We procrastinated, we hid, and we ate. And that's me to a T. I just wanna be in control of everything. And that's the one thing I learned in OA that I can't be in control, even though I think I'd like to. That's the one, that's the one paragraph that I really relate to. In my case, it's, I relate to uh, getting a flat tire. And instead of going to calling AAA, which I have the AAA, I go to the, I go to the food store and I just you know, take up eating. So anyway, um, I do have another nice story to tell you about. In September of 2020, during the pandemic, I got a kidney transplant. And as far as I know, according to my sponsor, who's um, one of the most abstinent people in this area, I'm the only person that in, in OA who's ever had a kidney transplant. So big deal. But anyway, I will tell you that when I was in the hospital at UCSF, my, hu my husband brought me weight and measured food. 
I do weigh and measure my food. That's part of the gray sheet too. And you know what? That gives me freedom to weigh and measure. Um, I know, I know in my, uh, with my eyes, what a three or a four pound uh, ounce, excuse me, three or four pound ounce, three or four ounce, sorry about that. That was a, a particular slip anyway. Um, so I really know with my mind, you know, when I put it on the plate, what, what it weighs without putting it on the scale, but you know, I could, I could just eat too much of things. So I just weigh and measure, it takes two seconds. And when I go out to a, meet, to a restaurant, I don't have to do that. So um, anyway, so what else did I wanna tell you about? I've got a lot of stuff to say. Um, the best thing I could tell you about Overeaters Anonymous, and this is really for the newcomers. This is a community, we're a community here. And we love you until you can love yourself. Because when I came in, I didn't, I didn't give a shit about myself. The only thing I th thought about was eating, what I was gonna eat next, how much of it there was, good, and was there gonna ever be enough food? Was there ever gonna be enough? There never was gonna be enough. Honestly, I just kept eating and eating and eating. And once I stopped eating, then I had a chance. Then I had a chance to have a life. And I have a wonderful life today. I've been married for uh, seven, I'll be 17 years in August. Um, I have three gorgeous granddaughters. They're the, the love of my life. And for today, for one, this is a one day at a time program. If you already, if yesterday, let's talk about yesterday for a second. If yesterday you ate something that wasn't on your food plan, well, yes, you can't bring back yesterday. Yesterday's over. But what you can do today is just pick yourself up, wipe yourself off and start all over again. It's a song, it's from Nat King Cole. I'm not advertising Nat King Cole, but other people have done that song too. It's on YouTube. And that's what I do every day. I do not have perfect abstinence, but I do perfectly abstain from refined carbohydrates and sugar. That doesn't mean I can go, I can have a big steak if I want. And that's not, you know, breaking my abstinence. But then I do have to tell my, you know, tell people about what's going on with me. And I usually call my sponsor right away. And if I can't get her, I call a number of other people. Um, my phone used to weigh 50 pounds, my receiver on the phone but it doesn't weigh that anymore. And I have, um, again, I have this fellow in the room here, I'm smiling at him right now, who I call him, you know, we, we call each other. We call each other to help each other with the food. Um, and you know what, this program, you know, all I can say to you is that this program gave me a, a chant, a, gave me a life worth living. I don't have to eat over the situations that come up in my life anymore. I don't want to, and I don't have to, by the grace of God in this program. All I can tell you is all I do on a daily basis is I stay out of the food. I heard this man speak the other night on my Sunday night meeting, and he's retired. He's 80, I wanna say he's 84 years old. He was really a doll. He's from Connecticut. And he told about all the stuff he did in the morning. Now I have to tell you, I don't do all that stuff, but I do some stuff. The one thing I do right away when I get up between my bed and my bathroom is I say the first three steps. I admitted I was powerless over food that my life had become unmanageable. I came to believe that a power greater than myself, which I call God, could restore me to sanity. And I made a decision to turn my will and my life 
over to the care of God as I understand God. And you know, one other really cool thing about this program is we can all have our own concept of God. We don't have to have the same concept together, but if we all believe in something greater than ourselves, well, you call it HP, you can call it Yahweh, you can call it anything you want to call it, but you have, you really have to do, you really have to, if you even have to pretend, that's another song. If you, I have all these songs in my head, I was raised in, in a musical home, but if you could, if you don't even believe in God, but if you can pretend that there's a power greater than yourself, and like I say about nature, I see it in nature. Anyway, um, I want to read one other thing for you, and then I'm going to, um, hear your stories today. This is on page 164 of the big book. You know, it's so funny. I got this very big, big book. I still can't read it without my glasses. So I, when I first got it, I thought I would be able to read it without my glasses, but I can't. And this is on 164. This is like the whole, you know, there's two different, oh, I still have seven minutes. I'm gonna read two different things real quick here. Um, this is on page 58 of the book. It's how, this is how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates, they are not at fault. They have seemed to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living, which demands rigorous honesty, rigorous, rigorous, rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have, and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we left go absolutely. Remember that we deal with food, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But, that the, but there is one who has all power. That one is God, may you find God now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked God's protection and care with complete abandon. And then those other steps that were read earlier in this meeting, there are 12 steps and you have to read them all the time. And if you don't think you can need to read them all the time, you will find that you can read them and they will help you live your life. Here's the one on 164. I still have four minutes to read this and then I'm gonna go. This is to me, the most important passage in the book for me, for me and my understanding of how to work this program. And this is how it goes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask God in your morning meditation what you can do for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with God is right and great, great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in this fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Keep coming back. It works if you work it because you're worth it. Thanks everybody.